Okay, in today's episode, we're going to talk about the number one question that Kirsten and I get on a daily basis. It doesn't matter if we're in an open house, a listing appointment, or simply just running into somebody on the street. Biggest question we get is... How is the market? With over 50 years of real estate experience, the team at Powell Fine Homes have dedicated our careers to taking care of our clients, ensuring that they get the best possible results and service when they engage us to represent them. From first-time home buyers to multi-million dollar home sellers, from regular sales to short sales and foreclosures, we've seen it all and educated our clients along the way. As broker owners, we have serious visibility into the Los Angeles and Ventura County real estate markets and are about to share some of what we're seeing with you right now. Get ready for the Powell Fine Homes Real Estate Show. Okay, and welcome back to the Powell Fine Homes Real Estate Show. My name is Richard Powell. I'm a licensed California broker, as well as my wife here, Kirsten. Hey, I'm Kirsten Powell, and I'm also a licensed real estate broker here in the state of California. So today we want to talk about our number one question that we get, and that is, how is the market? And quite honestly, nine times out of ten when you ask a real estate agent, hey, how's the market? The answer is going to be, oh, it's great. Let's go buy a house. Let's go sell your house. And quite honestly, that's the wrong answer. We coach a lot of agents, uh, you know, whether they're brand new or, or experienced and just need help with scripting or anything else, and we have a different answer. So we're going to go through it today in this episode, talk about how we approach it, how we see it, and how we help our clients navigate it. So, Kirsten, I'm walking up to you. I see your little badge. It says Keller Williams Real Estate, and I want to know, how's the market? You know what, Richard? That is a great question. I'm glad that you asked me that. And it depends. And let me tell you why it depends. Are you buying or are you selling? Are you investing in real estate or are you actually buying a home to flip it? And with that said, now you come back and tell me what you're trying to do. Well, let's say today I'm buying. Okay, great. If you're buying, the market is actually really great right now. Now, I'm not just saying that. Like, you know how Richard said it earlier. He goes, oh my God, the market is great. Yes, the market is really great for buyers right now because, number one, we have inventory. Number two, we don't have the same demand that we had when we had lesser inventory just six months ago. Um, six months ago, there were multiple offers on almost every house listed. And now it's kind of toned down a little bit. We have more inventory. We're starting to actually get a little bit closer to a balanced market uh, you know, when we had little inventory, we had maybe 2.5 weeks worth of inventory. That was the lowest point this year, yeah. Yeah, and then now this time, we're looking at about 5.3 months. And a normal market is six months, which is really great that we're starting to come into a little bit more of a balanced market where it's not just a seller's market and it's not just a buyer's market. So it's great right now for buyers because... They do not have the same uh, competition when they come into a home. They get a little bit more time to actually look at the property, come back a couple of times, uh, figure out if it is indeed the home that works for them. And they also get the luxury of, well, it shouldn't be a luxury, but they also get to send in requests for repairs. I remember, you know, it wasn't probably till this summer that we started seeing real requests for repairs, asking for repairs before they were so worried that the seller would say no and go with the backup offer, that we re just really didn't see much for requests for repairs. Yeah, and also the uh, auction mentality has uh, subsided a little bit. It, it was 
I remember just six months ago, we were representing buyers on this property and they had, I think I had about 25 offers and it became one of those where you have to give your best and final. And the price initially, the house was listed at 610,000 and our buyers came in at six and a quarter. And I think the, the highest they came in at was like 637, which was really, really a high number. And one of the things that we all know as real estate brokers or real estate agents is can it appraise for that price? And that was one of the issues that we were, you know, we advised our buyers that we don't think you should participate in this auction mentality and, and you know, say yes to it because one of the things that they wanted them to do too is waive the appraisal. And if that happened, you know, the, the bank, if they come back and says no, that the house is not worth more than six and a quarter, now they're on the hook for, for the price from six and a quarter up to 637. Uh, and they have to bring that in addition to the other closing funds. Yeah, and we advised them not to take it, and they were very well qualified. And we actually walked away. We sat down with our buyers. We said, here's the situation. It's gotten to the point where the house has just been overbid to the point of stupidity. And we don't think you should go forward on it. And we all liked the house. It was a beautiful house, spectacular resort backyard. But so many people were putting in offers that it had just gotten past the point of being crazy. And we called the agent up and we said, hey, you know what? We like you. We'd certainly love to be in a deal with you. Our clients love the house. But this has just gotten crazy. We're not going to go forward on this. But if you change your mind or if the buyer you go with doesn't perform, please let us know. We'd certainly love to get back into escrow. And we left the door wide open, but we walked away. And lo and behold, the next morning, we get a call from the other agent saying, you know, we've reviewed everything. We realize how qualified your partners are or your buyers are. We'd love to be in escrow with you. And we went into escrow at the 625 number, not the 637 number. And they live in the house now and love it. And it appraised. And that was the yeah. best part. And they love it. And that's what it really comes down to. Buying a house that, you know, they know that they're going to love. It's important, yeah. Because, you know, right now it's normal for buyers to be concerned about, oh my gosh, I'm buying at the peak of the market in 2008. You know, the scar tissue of 2008 is fresh in everybody's mind. So they're thinking, oh my gosh, the market's going to crash 40%. You know, nobody who I, who we respect or trust is guessing it'd be anywhere near that. You know, it's a typical normal cycle. You go 10 to 15% and then you'll start coming back out of it. And it is for a buyer, it's only a problem if you have to sell in the trough. And right now, the average length of home ownership is 13 years, which is blows my mind because, you know, before 2008, it was three to five years. And for a while there, it seemed like people were buying homes every two years. But at this point, it's actually stretched. A couple of years ago, it was 11. Now it's 13 we may see it go even further past that. We'll see. Well, here in the state of California, I think it's it's going to be a little bit longer, too. I think we're right now uh, seeing that 71% of people age 55 and older have not moved since 1999. No, and I don't blame them, quite honestly, because their houses are either paid for or very close to being paid for. Where are they going to find a lower cost of living? They've got the Prop 13 protection on their sale, their property tax, so that doesn't go up very much. They only have the, you know, insurance property taxes, which are low there, and, you know, whatever it costs to maintain the house for lawn and electric and all the other stuff. So they're staying there, and quite honestly, after the recession, a lot of them had their kids move back home, 
whether they came out of college or if they, for whatever reason, but they're still not selling their homes. So that's part of why we had the inventory crunch that we did. And now what we're also experiencing a lot of is some, the people that are selling are actually moving out of state. Yeah, that's, this is the first year we've seen that on a large scale. Occasionally we would have somebody who was doing a relocation out of state. That was normal. But this year, a large majority of our clientele, the sell clientele, are going out of state. And, you know, when we ask them, okay, why are you going? It's not just that they had a relocation from their job where the job said, okay, guess what? We need you over in this office. No, they're like, we're fed up. We don't want to pay any more taxes. We don't want to pay whatever it may be. You know, politics aside, they're just looking at the cost of living. And especially if they're getting towards the end of their working period where they're going to be looking at retirement and trying to figure out where they're going to set up and get the biggest bang for their dollar. And they're all going out of state. So, you know, that's a, that's a new one for us. I read an article last night that I believe that over the last few years, California has a net negative number of almost 700,000 people that have moved to other states than have come here from other states. Wow. So, you know what? That brings me to the next question. I'm trying to sell my house. What's the market like right now? I'm glad you asked, Kirsten. That's an excellent question. Right now for sellers, it depends. Shocker. There's that word again. (laughs) Okay, so what does it depend on? It depends on how you price your home, first and foremost. No matter what anybody says, price is critical. People are simply not going to overpay for a home. Let me give you an example. We're walking down the street, and I find a crisp $20 bill sitting there. On the I pick it up. I say, wow, Kirsten, look at this $20 bill. It's crisp. It's brand new. There's not even a fold in it. I'll sell it to you for $21. What do you think? What about $20.50? No. $20.25? Nope. It's only $20. Okay. And that's what's happening in the market with sellers right now. And it's it's difficult right now, to be honest, because most sellers are looking at the houses that sold six months ago down the street that may not even be as nice as theirs, getting X amount. And when they try to get the same number or just a little bit higher, they're not selling. And the reality is that we're not in the market that we were six months ago. It's not a seasonality issue. It's literally where we've passed a cycle. I think when they go back and write all the books about this particular real estate cycle, that June or July of 2018, at least in Southern California, is when we hit the top of that peak and we started going into whatever trough we're going to go into. So for sellers, it can be a good time to sell. I mean, if we see a house that's just perfectly done turnkey. It really was done well with good build quality, great you know upgrades as far as what they chose for the counters, what they chose for the cabinets, flooring, paint, all those nice things, all the heavy lifting, so to speak, has been done, and it's priced to the neighborhood, it'll sell quickly. However, if there's deferred maintenance or if there's dated updates, people are going to push back. And you know if it's got real issues where there's 20 years of deferred maintenance, Buyers know that. There's there's something that we tell our buyers, especially our first-time buyers, they're, you know, one of their questions is, how are we going to know whether a house is a deal or not? And after they've seen six or 12 houses with us, we point out the good things and the bad things, whether it be location, conditions, whatever it may be. But after they've seen six or 10 houses, they already start developing a gut-level value system where they, they know just walking in after they've seen the house, 
they'll be able to tell if it's a deal or not. And they can tell us, oh, this is overpriced or this seems overpriced compared to the other homes we've seen. And if your home is really overpriced for the market, like forty dollars or $50,000, not only is it going to sit, because buyers aren't looking at it, the agents know too, at least the good agents who are actually producing, they know what the house should be priced at. And when it's not priced at that, they're not going to show it either. Well, that's one of the things that, you know, with, with the market being the, as it is right now, buyers are more educated. Uh, they are able to see a lot online before they even come and look at the homes. They can kind of determine what value is before they even walk through the front door. Um, they do a lot of uh, analysis and, you know, get all the information about the property, about the area. And we had one uh, buyer that's been coming back to one of our open houses uh, for the last several weeks. And he knows everything about the neighborhood. He knows about every sale, every new home that had gone on the market. I mean, he, he's really prepared when he comes in for the open house. And he's trying to use it as his bargaining tool to try to get this particular house for a lot less. You know, and it's true. And, and we see a lot of that. And on the flip side of that, what's important for sellers also is how they're represented. It really, really matters today that you have professional photography, that you have real video, that you have drone video. And people say, well, the house isn't that expensive. It doesn't matter. When buyers are looking, and, and right now it's somewhere in the high 90 percentile of buyers who are looking on the internet before they even talk to an agent. For their, you know, for as far as a buyer's agent. So if you're not priced right, and if you don't have really great presentation on the internet, you're going to have all kinds of issues because number one, they're not spending time on the internet looking at your home, so they're not going to spend time in person looking at your home. I actually was at an open house today and had a client come in and he said, you know, I saw the picture of the carpet of in this house, and this is a house out in Thousand Oaks, and... Uh, he said, I, I don't like carpet, so I just didn't come. But now I've looked at everything else, and I'm walking through and looking at this now, and I can fix the carpet, but because I didn't like carpet, I didn't come in. And we had total pro pictures, you know, that showed everything. And even when it was good, he didn't like it. But if, you, if we'd had bad pictures, it would have been even worse. He might not have come at all. So, you know, the real good photography matters, but also the video. And the reason the video matters is because the number two... Well, the number one search engine in the world is Google. We all know that. Google owns YouTube, and the number two biggest search engine in the world is YouTube. Yeah, exactly. And when YouTube and Google are ranking things for search engine optimization, when they're actually looking at how they rank things, real, true, honest-to-God video, where you have raw video in the picture, where they, they have these... I don't even know what they're called. They're called spider bots. It's the term in the industry, but I don't know... I guess they're an automated uh, search tool that they have where they actually go through and look at every file and, and analyze every file. But where I'm getting to is the files that have actual video, not just moving pictures, but actual video embedded in them. They get ranked higher because Google and YouTube both want to drive everything towards video. Even Facebook weights video heavier than search words or pictures. So it's critical that you have good video as well. We happen to give all those things to our sellers, by the way. But, you know, as we're talking about sellers, these are all the things you have to have. But it all comes back to pricing and presentation. As long as those are good in relation to the home and the pricing of the home, you're good to go. Yeah. 
Pricing right now is probably the most important thing to uh, pay attention to. Uh, we try very hard with our clients to really uh, show them the value that we bring, but also show them all the data that supports what we're trying to tell them about price. And <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is where I get in trouble because I love data. Kirsten is not so data-driven. I'm crazy data-driven. And I can talk data till the sun comes up or goes down, depending on which day we start. But the reality is the data does matter because... That's where everything, that's where the Zestimates come from. That's where the Redfin estimates come from. That's where the appraisals come from. It's where well, the CMAs come from. Well, let's talk a little bit about Zillow because... No, let's, let's, let's not, because I want to do an entire episode on Zillow. Seriously. Okay. Okay. So we're going to skip Zillow today. For now. However, I can tell you that, I am going to say it, Zillow is clickbait. Oh my God. <laughs> you're, you're stealing my thunder. Don't oh, do that. All right, all right, all right. So we, we covered for buyers and sellers. So now let's go ahead and talk about if you're investing in real estate. Is this a good time to invest in real estate? You know, Kirsten, another great question. And it depends. Here we go again. All right, so it depends on how you're trying to invest because there's a there's a bunch of different ways to invest, but let's, let's narrow it down to the two that we see most often in residential. You're either going to buy and hold and rent it out or you're going to try to flip it. So... Let's start with investing, just to buy and hold. If you are going to buy and hold, rents are actually pretty high right now. So that works in your favor. However, the acquisition costs are still very high as well, no matter how you slice it. If you're getting a single family house, if you're getting a duplex or a triplex or a quadplex, they all have serious acquisition costs. Whereas in 2011, here in the San Fernando Valley, you could come out here and you could buy a single family house, 1,400 square feet, you know, four bedrooms for about $350,000. If you put 25% down based on the rents we had back then, it would cash flow positive, no problem, and you were good to go. Today, since the prices from then have come up about 40%, if even with, you know, a 45% down payment, you're almost breaking even. And if you go 50 or 55%, you could start cash flowing positive. So, can you do it? Yes. Have we found properties that work? Yes. It's typically the ones with the four and five bedrooms. Matter of fact, we were just working with a client last week over in Simi Valley. There's a few that are uh, large, like 18 to 2,200 square feet that are, the rents on those are actually, there's closed lease lease, uh, lease comps, if you will, at the 31, 3,200 range. And that, it actually cash flows positive. But when you get into the smaller three bedroom houses, and most of them, you need 50% down, and you're at best going to break even. So it's a challenging time, but you can get through with it. And yeah. Well, it, it depends, again, where you're buying. If it's in the San Fernando Valley, if you're going out in Ventura County, um, you know, most, well, we just came through with the fires, and, and we actually lost quite a few homes in our area, and it has definitely impacted uh, inventory. Yes, the rents have definitely been distorted by that. Not as bad as they were when the... Porter Rancher Liso Canyon fire, or not fire, but the yeah, gas leak, the gas leak yeah. that came out in Sempra just, Sempra Energy, the, the company that, that owns all that, just lost their minds because they had to evacuate so much at Porter Ranch and they came in all over the valley and they're doing all these short-term leases and paying probably at the time 30% more than market rate was going anyway. And the leases never, or the prices for rent never came down and it impacted everybody. Yeah. So out in the Conejo Valley and 
around Malibu and Thousand Oaks and even parts of Calabasas, we are seeing rents have come up. There is a law passed that it basically is a rent gouging act saying if you have a rental property and there was a natural disaster like the Woolsey fire and you charge more than 10% of what you were charging prior to the fire, there's fines for both the agents involved as well as the landlord. However, if the property wasn't rented before and you're just coming on the market for the first time, the sky's the limit. Now, where the gray area becomes, and I've talked about this uh, both with our broker Gay at Keller Williams Westlake and other brokers that we deal with, and that is what if you have multiple offers on a lease? If you say you're right at the 10%, you were 5000 before, now you're at 5500 four people show up and you've got the bidding all the way up to $8,800, what do you do? It's one of those situations where, since the home was not already a leasing property, uh, if there's a demand for it, it's it's just like when you're buying a house and you have multiple offers, right? Yeah, that's as a broker, I would go in that direction. I would say, you know what, we have a paper trail where it was bid up and this actually is the market value yeah. because we have four legitimate tenants, prospective tenants, mm-hmm. bidding it up. Yeah. So that's where we go there. And then our fourth category that we want to talk about today is flipping. Now, you can flip right now, but it, you have to have serious discipline and you have to, well, you always have to have serious discipline. I mean, Kirsten and I used to deal with flippers uh, years ago when it was uh, a lot easier because there's a lot more inventory and prices were a lot lower. But the challenge we would face is that even though we would help them to the point of our, our clients, we, would, we had a 13-page spreadsheet that had you know, every fixture down to the SKU level, where to buy it, how much it cost. It was literally systems and model. Kirsten and I are very systems and models driven. And we'd say, okay, here's our acquisition price. Here's exactly what you need to spend on fixtures. Your labor component should be about this much, which leaves you X amount of margin if we sell the house where we think it should sell. And, you know, we never had a problem selling the homes where we thought they would land. The problem would be that the people who were handling the flip side of things would change the SKU list. They would spend more on different fixtures. We would hear, well, I like these fixtures better. These lamps look better. You know, you're not fixing your own house. This is a business. It's, you know, red light, green light. And you have to have serious discipline on how you do it. And when you start upgrading all the fixtures, particularly on a flip, you're chewing up your margin. And when you got no more margin left and you sell and you break even and you get mad, Please don't get mad at the people who told you how to do it and gave you the SKU list and the fixtures and wrote, basically gave you the business plan on how to successfully flip and then you didn't stick to the plan. So, can you flip today? If you have a crew of contractors that work with you consistently, that will show up on a timely basis, and you do have the discipline to buy the same materials time and time again and just flip the houses and have a system and model, yes, you can. Acquisition prices are still hard unless you're buying something that's seriously distressed where there's deferred maintenance. We're only seeing probably one in 200 homes right now that has structural or foundation issues where you can go in and really buy it below market value. But by the time you brought it back to where it should be, it's not that much of a deal. So can you flip? Yes. Should you flip? Entirely different conversation that is a you know one-on-one thing we would have to have a conversation with you to see if we have 
A, the inventory for you, and if B, you have the uh, assets to execute it and get what we need. Yeah, we actually have a gentleman right now that, that we've been uh, talking to, and, and he initially started flipping back, I think, in 2010 is when he started. And, of course, at that time, the acquisition uh, price for a home was a lot lower, and he's trying to use the exact same models uh, for what he did back then to the market now. And what we're finding is it's very difficult for us to find properties that are distressed to that level of acquisition cost and then the cost of actually fixing up the house and then the cost associated with selling. Is this gentleman going to be making money off of it? it, it it's, it's, it's a challenge right now here, especially in the San Fernando Valley that, where he's focusing on purchasing. And especially if he doesn't have a crew because there's so much capital out there right now. There are a couple of groups we deal with fairly often and they, they have you know seven figures liquid ready to go at any time, meaning so it, they go on the courthouse steps. If there's anything to buy there, they get it. If anything pops up on the market, they get it. They've got a bunch of agents that they, we call them bird dogs, who are just get, keeping their eye out to try to get a listing and keep it off the market and sell it to these guys so it's done quickly and they don't have to work really hard. So, you know, and in a market like this, we don't recommend doing that. There's still enough demand when a home is priced right to sell it on the open market and really get the maximum amount the market will bear. When you sell something off market, you're going to leave money on the table. Just it, that's... Right now in this market, that's a true statement. So, yeah. so we've, we've covered those four for everybody. Yeah. If you are looking to do any of these four things we've discussed today, give us a call because quite honestly, it depends. It depends on your situation. And once we have a better idea of what your situation is, we can certainly lay out the options. And there may not be any. Sometimes there's simply not. There's not enough capital. You don't have a crew. You know, it, it just depends. So... Give us a call. You can always reach us at 805-404-1167. Again, that's 805-404-1167 or at 818-268-3236. Again, that's 818-268-3236. We'd love to discuss your situation and see if we don't have a way to help you move on with your life. Yeah, and, and if you want to go ahead and just use the regular email, you can certainly do so. It's sold at powerfinehomes.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook under Powell Fine Homes, as well as uh, Instagram. We're on Instagram. so go And Twitter. And Twitter. Yeah, we're, we're on all these social media. We're on so many things that I actually forget of all the thing, about all the things we're on. So it's, it's kind of a discovery for me. But right now, certainly Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a Pinterest account, but I don't know that we use it. But we'll get no, better at that. YouTube, definitely. Oh, check, yeah. We have a whole channel YouTube on YouTube. Channel because we have a lot of great videos. And especially if you're thinking about selling your home, go check out some of the videos that we've done for our sellers because there's some really great videos. Uh, we're trying to, you know, do a little bit of fun, but also really have a, a nice presentation as well. So go check it out. And again, thanks for tuning in today. We really appreciate you listening to us. And uh, if we can help you, give us a call. And don't forget, we're going to be doing a Zillow episode soon. You will not want to miss that. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard or you want more info, please give us a call at 805-404-1167. Again, that's 805-404-1167. Or send an email to sold at powellfinehomes.com. If you're ready to move on with your life in Los Angeles or Ventura counties, call us even quicker. 
The team at Powell Fine Homes are your real estate experts and who you hire matters. You can find us on the web, on Facebook, and on Instagram every day, and you'll love the results that our proven systems and model deliver for you. Call, email, or DM us today, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening.